In the name of the true and living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, one of the things that we are meant to do during our Lenten observance is spend time in Holy Scripture. So in case you're not finding time during the week to do that, we're making sure you get plenty of it on Sunday mornings. On Wednesday mornings, after our staff meets in the morning, the clergy gather for 30 minutes or so to discuss uh, the readings that are coming up for Sunday morning so that we can toss some ideas around, get ideas for sermons. And over these last few weeks, engaging the stories from St. John's Gospel put before us this Lent, it's really been a rich feast, feasting on the Word of God together. And it dawned on me last Wednesday that when the stars aligned and Brenda was here, Jay was here, David was here, Patero Sabuni was here and I was here, so all five of us around the table, that there was something like 150 years of priestly ministry in the conversation, some of us bringing more years than others, but I'm not going to name names. The stories we've heard from John's Gospel in this season of Lent, Nicodemus, the Samaritan woman at the well, and today's story of the man born blind, We encountered them as lively and fresh and inspiring as if we've heard them for the first time. Welcome to John's Gospel, inexhaustibly rich like a feast with well-aged wine. Seemingly simple stories with easily comprehensible images and words, yet always showing that there's more to be discovered. And that's just right because the living Christ that we meet in sacred scripture, the word made flesh, became one of us so that we can come to know God in the only way that we could, human to human, a healing touch, a word by night, a merciful gesture, relatable stories, stories that we understand of human encounter yet containing a bottomless depth, because this meeting of ours with the living word puts us in touch with the eternal life of God. John tells us why he wrote his gospel, which is always helpful, isn't it? When someone says, this is why I did the thing I've done. I penned this gospel so that we might come to believe, so that we might come to trust that Jesus is the Son of God and to have life, you know, water into wine kind of life in his name. And each chapter in John's gospel is about coming into contact with the Son of God as image builds on image, story builds on story. You read forwards and backwards and all over again for a lifetime. One theologian named Alan Ecclestone, he wrote a book in 1987 called The Scaffolding of Spirit. And in the back of that book, uh, he lays out a three-monthly plan for reading the fourth gospel. And if you're interested in this, I would type it up for you. I'll scan it and send it to you. But here's a way to read the gospel over and over and over again, which Ecclestone says, do it over your whole life. You'll never exhaust its richness. But I guess that's enough of an advertisement 
of John's gospel in general. Let's get to the particularity of the story before us today. What's going on? We find out that there are a lot of people in our story who simply do not get what is going on. They don't get what's going on. To start, the disciples ask the wrong question. Who sinned? Who sinned? Nobody, said Jesus. Wrong question, friends. The blind man's neighbors then get into a debate about whether it's really the same person who was blind and now can see. Meanwhile, the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, ignore the healing and accuse Jesus of breaking the Sabbath. Like I said, a lot of people who just do not really get what's going on. They see a blind man and ask the wrong question. They see a healed man and launch into a pointless debate. They see the word of God at work and accuse him of sin. They think they can see, but the light of the world is darkness to them. John showing us that those who fail to understand Jesus show themselves to be in darkness because he's the light of the world. It's in his light that we see light. It's with his light that we learn to see from God's angle, like that story from 1 Samuel, looking on the human heart, not just outward appearances. And as we come to grasp fully who Jesus is, John is saying, as we come to understand who he is, what he says, what he does, it's to pass like the man born blind from darkness to light. So the blind man is a glowing example of the making of a disciple, a model for how we move from darkness into the light. But there's a temptation for us here. We can think that the world divides too neatly into darkness and light. We can think that we, those marked with the waters of baptism, who make it our business to come to church and thank God for that, are, we're surely standing fully on the side of the light, right? We're the ones who really get what's going on. But this season of Lent won't let us get away with that way of thinking too easily. Our annual return to this period of self-examination, repentance, conversion, but tells us the truth about ourselves, namely that if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. The season reminds us that in this mortal life, we never fully grasp, we never fully grasp the mystery of God's light that has come into the world. We grasp it, but we see through a dark glass, a mirror dimly. We never get the full picture, which is to say we're always a work in progress, a soul on a journey towards the light. So each year in Lent, we're called again to turn away from sin and believe the gospel. Each week, our lives are punctuated by our confession that we have erred and strayed like lost sheep. Each day, we pray that God would forgive us our trespasses. We recognize the ways that we see a blind man and ask the wrong question. We see a healed man and launch into a pointless debate. 
We see the word of God at work and accuse him of sin. We think we can see, but the light of the world is darkness to us. As our parishioner, Sarah Cunningham, reminded us at the catechumenate last Thursday, the church is not a museum for saints, but a hospital for sinners. It's why our evangelism is not rooted in telling people they need to come to church or else, but is instead just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. This season of Lent reminds us that the line between darkness and light lies not outside of us, but within us. And that even we who have become light in the Lord, and that's what we've become, Paul tells us, we've become light in the Lord. But even we must hear again, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Jesus, the light of the world, illuminates the dark corners of our hearts so that we can be set free in his love as we shed the masks we carry around, as we look to the one who is light from light, God from God, we are at once dazzled by its brilliance, the glory, and in the same light, able to comprehend our own blindness to admit that we are often those who just do not get what is going on, who ask the wrong questions, engage in pointless debates, and accuse others of sin. But this season is also the possibility of joy because the darkness, even that which we carry within us, cannot overcome the light. That even when we cannot grasp the light, it has grasped us and will not let us go until every last corner of our soul is flooded with the glory of God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.